but it's definitely something that I would also make sure you keep the focus that this is for long-term care. I wouldn't double dip and say, oh, well, I've got a life policy. Let me just add the rider on and it could be either or because potentially most people will need both the life insurance benefit and the long-term care coverage. Welcome to Now or Never, Long-Term Care Strategy with Costa Yepifonsif, a podcast for all those seeking answers and solutions in the long-term care space. This podcast is designed to create resources, start conversations, and bring awareness to the industry that will inevitably impact all Americans. Here's your host, Costa Yepifonsif. Hey, y'all, this is Costa, and today I'm here with my guest, Lacey Russell, life insurance agent for Higginbotham and viral life insurance advocate, working to share the advantages of utilizing insurance. Today, we're talking about how you can use life insurance to pay for long-term care and benefits you can use throughout your life. Welcome to the show, Lacey. For anyone that doesn't know, what are the living benefits of life insurance? And can you use life insurance to pay for long-term care? Living benefits are parts of a life insurance policy that can either be built in and already come with the policy or can be added on. Um, Okay. There's an accelerated benefit rider that is more for terminal illness that you can tap into the death benefit prior. And there's more uh, long-term care focused ones that are for chronic illnesses, critical illnesses, and even a long-term care specific rider you can add on some life insurance policies that can help cover the costs. Fascinating. You know, most people, I don't think they realize that you can have, most people just get a life long-term care insurance policy, but I don't think they realize that you can use a life insurance policy for this method. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What tools can customers use to anticipate their needs for care and how will they know if their policy will provide sufficient coverage? Well, that's a little bit of a loaded question, but um, (laughs) as far as tools go, I always recommend talking to trusted friends and family. Um, Mm -hmm. You may not know what they know. They may be experiencing it with a family member, like an in-law or something like that. It may not be something that they talk about openly unless you ask the question. So I think first and foremost, utilize the people around you that you trust. Mm -hmm. You can find how much they're paying for the care, what it took for them to get there, what you know, alternatives did they try, um, those type of things. One other tool that I personally use um, for my customers is uh, Nationwide Financial has one that's available. It's online. It's a long-term care map. And so you can click on whatever state and it'll give you the average costs of long-term care for your state. You can even get precision, so to speak, um, for like major cities. So you can, there's a point where you can click and a drop down bar comes and it gives you major cities of that state and it can customize it. That way you can get a better look if you don't have anybody that's actually in that situation to kind of help help with that. That is such great advice and it's fascinating because there is really no like set price for what care costs in each individual state. And you said this is on Nationwide's website, like the insurance company Nationwide? Uh, yes, there's the okay. actual website for that though is uh, Nationwide Financial LTC map. And then okay. I think it's .hvsfinancial.com, something like that. And it brings up a map of the United States and you can click on it and fiddle around. I just feel nice. like there's so many people that are uh, DIYers, I like to say, um, yeah. when it comes to that. And and if we can offer a tool that they can right. do that, I think we should. Yeah, I, 
And and I'd say a lot of this is it shouldn't be new information, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> but it is. Absolutely. And Absolutely. and the industry and the industry itself is relatively new. Mm-hmm. Um when when it, when you talk about the industry to scale, right? And so, I mean, all this is that's the reason that we do the show is because we're talking to people who are offering great advice. Sometimes it's it can be a little repetitive, but I'll be honest, like I've never heard of that tra- that website before. And when you said it, I was like, oh my gosh, like yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's like step one, right? Step one yes. if you're moving somewhere. Um, and you're, you know, you're over the age of 55, um, anything like that. So they actually, the report that they give me for a client can even get as precise as statistically speaking, what age will you need long-term care? Wow. It's, it's it's like an eight or nine page report and it can get very very specific and it, it brings in the medical insurance, what they'll cover all that. And it breaks it down. I love their report for that. Nice. So let's get a little technical with life insurance. Okay. What what types of life insurance policies and riders should be used to pay for care? And what options do customers have? When it comes to utilizing a rider, um, mm-hmm. the for long-term care, the majority of the carriers will only put that on a permanent policy. So a okay. universal life or a whole life policy. More okay. traditionally, the universal life policy. Um there are hybrid policies now. So okay. it is nice. a just it's already built in. So there's no extra expense for that rider. So um, you you can go to and most of the major carriers and get a policy with a rider, but hybrids are limited to a few carriers and okay. um, they work very similar. The difference is is usually going to be how it's going to pay for the benefit. Is it going to I be, see. you know, an indemnity or a reimbursement? Um, I see. But okay. yeah, it's going to be on a permanent policy. So people should expect to pay a little bit more than they will for term because it lasts your lifetime. And that's the intention. Um, right. But it's definitely something that I would also make sure you focus or keep the focus that this is for long-term care. I yeah. wouldn't I wouldn't double dip and say, oh, well, I've got a life policy. Let me just add the rider on and it could be either or because potentially most people will need both the life insurance benefit and the long-term care coverage. What type of policies do you sell to the majority of your clients? Hybrid. Okay, nice. And it's is, it, is there like flexibility to it? Is that why it's so popular? Or I mean, what do you think makes it so popular above everything else? It's not a user lose. That's kind of the best part Um, because if, you know, you step off the street and get hit by a bus, bam, it pays out like a life insurance policy. Um, But if you need the long-term care, it stretches your money almost three to five times. You know, you can go from a $100,000 bucket of money to a $300,000 to $500,000 bucket of money that can stretch. And even some, some carriers will allow lifetime benefits even when that bucket runs out. Wow. Mm -hmm. And how much more expensive like a month is this type of policy versus a traditional life insurance policy? Um, as far as differences, it's not much different. Um, it's hard to kind of gauge premiums because there's so many different factors, but I mean, it's, it's, it's relative. It's not going to double your premium or anything like that. It is very minuscule for the benefits that you get. Mm -hmm. Got it. Got it. Okay, good, good. 
So are there any restrictions or limitations on using life insurance to pay for long-term care? And does the coverage ever expire? That's the beauty of using it with life insurance because you are putting it on a permanent policy and those are intended to last. Now they'll go to age 120, 121, um, which I hope (laughs) none of us have to worry about living that long, but um, they're intended to last for life or longer. Um, Mm -hmm. So expiration really isn't a... um, and a concern on that part. Mm-hmm. And then as far as restrictions, there may be um, the, the same traditional restrictions you have on a standalone policy, like a, an elimination period or something like that. Of course, the parameters of the ADLs that you would need mm-hmm. to qualify for, for the claim as well. But otherwise, I no. I mean, this seems kind of like a no brainer. So why don't more people use this benefit? instead of just buying traditional life insurance? Well, I think part of it is, I like to call it the superhero complex. When you're young, you don't oh, yes. realize that you're going to oh, need yeah. it. You're like, well, yeah, I'll look at it when I'm older. Um, yeah. and, and that's kind of the reason why I put myself out there on TikTok and stuff, because sure. as a 40-year-old woman, had I known what I know now, you know, 10 years ago, I would be 10 years ahead of where I am. Yes. Um, and I feel like a lot of people just don't know what they don't know. And long-term care, unless you've had it in your family, you, you really aren't aware of it. Um, I mean, you're aware of nursing homes and stuff, but you know, I mean, think about it. My 10 year old thinks a 70 year old is old and I'm like, yeah, (laughs) your grandparents are just 60. So, um, (laughs) things like that, it's it's just kind of that mentality that we have. Um, but I also think that, um, some part of it is, is there is a, a stigma that, goes around life insurance. And mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to change that, even if it's just me as a one person. Um, we're not all grimy used car salesmen. Um, sure. Some of us actually do want to do what's in your best interest. And right. um, I mean, I personally am a fiduciary, so I'm bound to do that. It's But it's just in my nature, so it comes naturally. So it's not a difficult task for me. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, I, you know, since we've been since we've been doing this podcast, um, we have met so many people that sell life insurance, sell long term care insurance, sell different policies, and uh, I have not met one person that I didn't personally feel like you know is trying to do good mm-hmm. you know, by people. Um, it's just I, I think it's it's interesting when you bring up you know how people have the Superman the superhero complex. Um, or Superman complex, it's, you know, most of the time people don't realize that long-term care is extremely expensive and that the only person that's going to be paying for long-term care is you, you know? And Mm -hmm. so uh, they, for some reason, feel like somebody is going to step in and take care of it um, or, you know, that they don't need to plan or that it's kind of like Medicare, you know, you turn mm-hmm. 65, you get it, that mm-hmm. that's how long-term care works. And so I'm glad that, that people are being educated um, to start preparing, um, to start talking about life insurance and how it can benefit the, the process of paying for long-term mm-hmm. care. So in your opinion, 
what are the advantages of using life insurance to pay for care versus long-term care insurance or other payment strategies? Life insurance, I know um, some of our carriers do what is called indemnity payments. So Mm -hmm. instead of having to keep receipts and turn those in, you know, after you've already footed the bill out of your own pocket, um, they just say, okay, yeah, you qualify for claim. We're going to just cut you a check for X amount of dollars a month. And if you need it to pay, you know, the teenage boy down the street, that's helping mow the yard. If you, you know, need to pay a light bill, buy some groceries, you can do that where, majority of other policies, it goes directly to either the provider or the facility that you're at. And it's, you know, you're completely out of the loop with all of it. Right. So that's, that's something I think that's really good. Also, um, being able to, uh, it's, it's evolved. We, you know, you know, that a light, long-term care has evolved a lot. And Considerably, I think, yeah. I think the fact that I think the last statistic I had read was 87% of people want to do long-term care in their home. Yeah, age in place. Yeah. Exactly. And and I yeah. don't think a lot of people realize that that is long-term care, even if a spouse right. is providing it. Um, yeah. And so that's something, too, where you don't have to have a registered nurse. You don't have to right. have a home health care provider come and provide those services. It can be done by a spouse, a child, a sibling, and you can still take care of your family member and have expenses to cover that. So That's, that's great. So you mm-hmm. can get paid through these policies to care for a loved one mm-hmm. if necessary. Correct. That's great. Yeah. You can use the funds, like I say, on the indemnity, po- indemnity yeah. policy. Sorry, that was hard yeah. to come out. So um, it's a complicated word. <laughs> yeah. You can, you can get, if you have a, a child or, or sure. a spouse, you know, that maybe doesn't, isn't a lot, can't work anymore because you need so much care. You can use that to cover those expenses. And you know they say that typically it's not the it's not the person that's receiving care that ends up suffering physically, um, and may even die soon, uh, or or sooner than the person that's actually giving the care, the caregiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so to have something like this where you can bring in somebody to help even a few hours a week is incredible for individuals who are day in, day out, in the trenches, providing care uh, for a loved one. And, you know, they're not willing to put them in a, in a, in a nursing home or assisted living facility and they want to do it in their own home. So. Absolutely. Are there any tax implications for using life insurance to pay for care? There potentially could be. Okay. Um, if you have a traditional life insurance policy that doesn't have the long-term care rider or isn't a hybrid, and you utilize that cash value mm-hmm. to pay for them, then it would apply um, the same kind of tax implications as far as accessing that cash value. Okay. Otherwise, that's the only way that you would have those implications. It's a benefit just like it would pay you know, like a medical benefit or something sure. like yeah. that. So, mm-hmm. are there any other risks or any other considerations we should um, take into account? Risks, I would, um, if you're using a life insurance policy with the rider, um, the risk is running out of money. Um, and mm. then now you don't have a life insurance policy. That's why I say, 
if you're going to utilize life insurance, make sure that you have this designated for long-term care only. I would not have this policy do double duty um, because you know you don't want to need the long-term care benefits and now you pass away and you've used up all the benefits and there's no death benefit to cover the rest of your mortgage. Um, those kind of things. So I, I sure. do say take take heed to that and if you don't ever use the long-term care, then it's just additional death benefit for you. So it's kind of a win-win that way. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) When shopping for life insurance, what should you look for in an agent, an agency, or a policy? I recommend that first and foremost, you talk to family and friends. Because you can find that trust built with some people that have already worked with people. Um, And then sometimes we don't get to know our customers or clients as well as we want to in our fact-finding phone call. Um, I obviously don't have trouble talking to people, but there are still (laughs) times where I do... Um, I, I don't necessarily get the whole story, but sure. um, so family and friends, definitely ask them if there's anybody that they recommend. Um, but if you're going out on your own, I would look for somebody who is an independent broker or agent because okay. they have um, a, a broader variety to look at for you. And I would hate for you to be put under a microscope for a minuscule amount of companies when there's hundreds of ca- carriers out there. Oh, wow. So I would look for um, definitely an uh, independent agent or broker. I would look for somebody with a certified long-term care designation because they have had that specialized training. And there is little nuances um, and questions that come up when you're talking to a person, most specifically, like, does Medicare cover this? Medicaid, how does that work? How does that play into especially if you're doing a standalone policy. Um, Are you going to use cash? Are you going to use an asset? Um, Those kind of things. Having having that specialized um, education. And then on top of that, we're required to have continuing education to keep that CLTC certification. Mm -hmm. So we're constantly in the thick of it learning as if we're not, you know, necessarily focused 100% on selling those kind of policies, we do still keep our um, education fresh. So I would look for the CLTC certification. So you said something interesting, and I want you to expand on it a little bit. If you get a life insurance policy, mm-hmm. and it pays and you and you're able to afford to pay um, so that you can have the long term care benefit, mm-hmm. like if you had a hybrid policy, essentially, would you be able to qualify for Medicaid and get Medicaid benefits for long-term care and also utilize the benefits of your long-term care life insurance policy? There, with the Medicaid guidelines, being under $2,000 worth of assets is right. the key to qualify for Medicaid. Um, right. And I'll kind of, I'll interject this here. My daughter is special needs and was born with a birth defect. So, I have been oh, providing wow. long-term care for a special needs kiddo. And so I'm in the trenches and I wish I could provide some of this coverage for my daughter, but she would not qualify. So I'm, right. I'm coming from a caregiver standpoint, but also Absolutely. as a salesperson. So um, yeah, no, reducing your assets to that $2,000 amount to qualify for Medicaid should not be the goal. It shouldn't be the goal for anybody because you are, first of all, 
depending on your state in Texas, we're community yes. property state. And so oh, wow. okay. you are depleting your spouse if they're still around of some things. Now, there yes. are some things that are excluded from that, you know, your main home, things like that. But um, you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you can't pay bills because you have to have less than $2,000 in a bank account. And you can't build any generational wealth because you spent all of it on care. Or, Absolutely. you know, you had to... You had to give it, you know, to somebody else so that you didn't have those assets for, for, to qualify for the without the look back period. So. Absolutely, and and something else I would kind of shine a light on is not a lot of people realize that Medicare can limit you on where you can go and what benefits oh, yeah. you can get, and there's a lot of facilities that don't even accept Medicaid. Yes, so, absolutely. Um, you know, having 100%. that having that policy there just opens that door even more because, you know, depending on what your care needs are, you may need a facility and the closest one to you that would accept Medicaid could be, you know, miles or hours drives away. So what, when I talk to people um, and I work very closely with Medicaid in the state of Tennessee, and when I talk to people about what they should expect um, people that aren't necessarily currently on Medicaid, but they're getting to a point to where they're going to start having that conversation about retirement planning and, um, long-term care, stuff like that. And I always tell them, I say, you know, if you rely on the state, if you get Medicaid and you're not um, paying for care out of pocket or using some type of vehicle such as what you sell, um, you lose control. You lose control over the care process. And when that happens, you may be in a facility that you don't want to be in. You may work with an agency that is contracted with Medicaid, but you don't want, you don't want to work with that agency. Um, there are so many factors, uh, that you could avoid if you didn't have Medicaid versus if you have Medicaid. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. something very important yeah. to consider. So we always like to end the show with a call to action. Mm -hmm. What's your best advice for someone entering the long-term care industry as a patient, a caregiver, or an industry professional? Okay. Um, the, my call to action as a patient would be, um, advocate for yourself. Don't feel like speaking up and saying something is a problem. You always need to advocate for yourself. Absolutely. So that would be my advice to patients. Definitely do research as well. Um, as care, as a caregiver, um, I, it rely heavily on Google reviews and word of mouth. <laughs> yeah. um, so I would mm -hmm. say do your research as a caregiver. Look into things like respite care. Look into um, day programs and things like that that maybe are outside of, you know, that obvious scope of needs. Um, mm -hmm. Getting a break as a caregiver means the world, you know, even if it's an hour to go, you know, walk around the park or something, Sure. F do your research and find out about help for yourself as well to make you a good caregiver. And um, as a professional, I would say definitely dig your heels in and get that CLTC. There is um, way too many things to know on your own. So, many. so take a course, sit through that class and keep that book by you. Put it on your bookshelf. Always refer to it. Um, and don't ever be afraid to say, you know what? I don't know the answer to that, but I'll find out. There's it, right. it says a lot as, as a person for you to be able to admit that you don't know something. And 
you know, I say that more often than probably I would like to, <laughs> but I would rather have a customer appreciate the fact that I admit that I don't know, than just open my mouth and let something fall out. So right. that's what I would, that's the advice I would give to you guys. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Now or Never, Long-Term Care Strategy with Costa Yepafonsif. If you enjoyed listening and you want to hear more, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Leave us a review, or better yet, share this episode with a friend. Now or Never, Long-Term Care Strategy with Costa Yepafonsif is a Costa Yepafonsif production. Today's episode was written and produced by Morgan Franklin, production assistance by Mike Franklin. Want to find out more about Costa? Visit us at costayepafonsif.com.